This is Nick Law, and you're listening to the Hot Forward Podcast, getting you ahead in the brewing and beer business. Hotforward.beer is a podcast and website dedicated to the beer industry, supporting budding beer entrepreneurs by gaining insights from experienced brewers and folk within the craft beer industry. So grab a glass, pour yourself a beer, and let's get into this week's episode. This is simply one of the worst beers I've ever had. Tastes like watered-down absinthe, but worse. Avoid. If you like crackers and butter, missionary and shopping at Burton or New Look, you'll be overjoyed with this bang-average pint. Not to my taste. Bit of a nose pincher, to be honest. If I was a dog, I'd be licking my arse to get rid of the taste. Hmm. No gluten, though. Like in a strip club, and the one slaggy, unattractive one lets you touch her yahoo. It ain't that good, but hey, what you gonna do? Go home? No. Fluid collected from the boots of a Vauxhall Viva left in direct sunlight for one week after two gallons of random Tropicana packs explode. Bitter orange cocoa oil and condensed orchard pollen aroma tastes like a carpet was milked. Mushroom fungus, floral essential oil bitters, thick dusty malts and green lightly roasted coffee oils in the finish. W-T-F I would rather put a toaster in my bath while I'm in it than drink this again. This tastes like a cold cup of tea. Something I'm used to, but not overly excited by. As you can tell, there are some real twats out there on the internet. On beer Twitter and Untapped. Not so much on Facebook these days. Facebook. This week, I wanted to look at how you respond to social media criticism. Back in summer, a whole bunch of people broke the internet. They actually broke the internet when Beavertown announced that they'd sold a minority stake to Heineken. I mean, it was only one year earlier at their annual symposium, which is a collaboration with Good Beer Hunting, that founder and director Logan Plant dissed Big Beer, calling it Yellow Fears, and said how the man was trying to take over indie brewers like them. So obviously when the news broke that Beavertown had actually sold a large state to Big Beer, people absolutely lost their shit. I actually messaged Camilla Hannibal, who does all Beavertown social media, and commended her on how well she'd handled herself and Beavertown's communication with the outside world during the social media shitstorm that ensued thereafter. So whether you're selling minority states to Big Beer, and deep down, I think some of us are because we might pay off our mortgage, or basically just dealing with somebody that doesn't like sour beers, who takes to the world on untapped to announce that your sour beer was, quote-unquote, sour. How you handle internet criticism in the moment can either shine you in good light in the long run, or it can cast a shadow over your brand. So here are seven things to consider when dealing with criticism on the internet. Right, number one, don't take it personally. 
Now, that's easier said than done because the amount of times I've loaded up on Tapped or Twitter and seen negative comments about the beers I brewed and then being like, oh, I'll show you your mother. And just don't take it personally. Like, you don't know what kind of day somebody's had. You don't know what kind of personality they are. You don't know the other person on the end of not just that name, but that username. So you, you, they're a faceless entity and to, to them, you're a faceless entity. So don't take it personally and that can be quite hard when obviously they're in the pub on a friday night or at home having spent x amount in a bottle shop and they have a beer that's less than what they deem to be less than par to them it's a couple of quid that they've spent or or lost as they might view it but to you that's a full brew day and that's all the aggro that you have that comes with working in and running a brewery. So you've got all that sort of emotional stuff going on inside that they haven't got. They've just got a product that they don't, that doesn't do it for them. Whereas for you, you you've got an attachment to that. It's almost like one of your kids. So try not to take it personally. Remember, 150 characters is not enough to give a full proper critique. So if, if you're looking for that on the internet through beer Twitter, then you're not going to find it. Okay, number two, people often don't think there's an actual person on the other end of that brand. Now, I found this before when I've launched beers out there and for whatever reason, they're, they're, you know, the odd one's not being great i mean i did one called the last supper which was the last emmanuel's i put out and for various reasons it didn't turn out like i'd hoped and i put it out there and some of the comments i got back were less than favorable about it and so what i did is i contacted them respectfully and offered a refund or an exchange and all of a sudden the demeanor changed from people that were like this is like gravy not i brew beer like gravy but blah 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 blah. and then i respond to them i'm really sorry can i help you why don't you message me privately all of a sudden they've gone from being like ranting they've gone to it Hello, yes, uh, I, I've just emailed you. You asked me to, I'm really sorry about this. And they've gone very polite and all English, like they're at fault. <laughs> so often people don't think that there's an actual person on the other end of that brand. And if you come across personally, because for obviously for a lot of our listeners, you are going to be running uh, sm- small breweries where it is you and maybe one or two others. And you do your own social media. And so if you can communicate with people and let them know that's an actual person there, then you can sort of start to build that bridge with them. So, okay, so number three, don't feed the trolls, right? Some people out on the internet are just nasty. They're just out to be nasty and provocative. And we've all seen it online, this this bit of advice when dealing with this kind of thing, but it's, it is just so true. Just don't feed the trolls. They all, they want to feed off you. They want to feed off negativity just don't give them the time of day however number four if it's a a, if it's not a somebody that's just goes around trolling people all the time like you can gauge whether someone's trolling all the time but if you click on their username on untapped you can see what other sort of comments they write not now it's you you rarely come across but they are there but um so number four if you are going to respond to a legitimate comment Take time to consider how are you going to respond before you bash out your 150 characters and hit the send button, mother... Like, 
so I, I try and do this if I'm feel compelled to wade in to uh, a thread on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. I, I'll I'll stand back and I'll even take my phone out and use the note app and write out my response and edit it. Uh, before I put it out there in the world, because actually that reflects on me. And if I just bash it out there and all the rest of it, it's the whole thing of like an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. It just escalates. You just you just keep that cycle of internet violence going. That that violence that might seem like quite an extreme phrase, but you know what I mean. So take time to consider how you're going to respond um, before you do respond. If you feel you're going to respond. Okay, number five, if you are going to be responsive, always be polite in your response. Like, it goes so much further. In Dale Carnier's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, he just, he talks about listening to other people and being polite and considerate. Like, as much as these people can rile us up sometimes and really get on on us and really dig under our skin, always be polite. And it pays off, like I said earlier, like the amount of times that I've been polite to people in response and it's like I've had a different person on the other end of the internet who all of a sudden has become very, very polite and very, very English. So always be polite in your response. Okay, number six, and I think this is, is a good thing to consider when using something like Untapped. Look for truth and common threads in what people are saying about your beers and see where you can learn and improve. Now, we all want to think that we have amazing, super hoppy beer and badass imperial stouts in our catalogue. But to be honest with you, not every beer, even from the best brewers, ticks all the marks. And if you listen to stories from people like uh, Tony McGee of uh, Lagunitas and his his book, Do You Want to uh, Start a Brewery? You know, some of their beers were, he'll confess, were really missed. And obviously there were some which were really good, like the uh, Lagunitas IPA, um, which is obviously why they got bought out by Heineken. But I, I found that if I looked at a common thread and, co- and various comments that might be coming back up about a beer, then that would sort of ring alarm bells for me of, right, okay, what do I need to improve about that beer? And then that's when I'd become analytical about what I'm drinking. And I would I'd go to some trusted individuals and say, can you taste this? What 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 do you get from it? Do that face to face. What are you getting from this beer? And then they would say, oh, I'm getting this, this and this. And maybe it could be a bit more like that. And then you can identify that. So so when I worked at the, the brewery before, we had one particular beer, which was just sort of bat, batting out just an average um, on social media. And then I was pushing to drop this beer, but then uh, we decided to keep it. And then I thought, well, I'm just I'm going to tweak the recipe partly based upon people saying this is really average and some of the other feedback I got tweaked it. Then all of a sudden the ratings on Untapped went up. And had I not taken the time out to think about those common threads and think about what people were saying, then that beer probably would have just stayed the same and just ticked by. Incidentally, it moved up to being the best-selling beer we had. And then number seven, I think this is the key one out of all of them. So, so get your notepad out and write it on your forehead or whatever. Okay, number seven, wait for it. It's only beer. So while all those other people in internet land are losing it about Beaver Town or about the sour that's too sour or the beer that tastes like absinthe, it's only beer. It doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. 
And yet we can get riled up on social media. We can let it get to us if we let, allow it to get to us. But I think the key thing is, is to, to not take it personally. And remember, it's only beer. So I'm going to leave it at that. If you want to write a review of this podcast, then uh, you can go on iTunes and Spotify and all that. Um, I'll try and take my own advice if you think it's crap. And check out hotforward.beers. And we'll just leave you with this little gem from points of view about the Beavertown Heineken investment. Thanks for listening. I was devastated to read the news Beavertown may be considering selling a stake of its business to Heineken. For me, this is the ultimate craft beer betrayal, and if true, stomps on everything I hold dear. Why should the world be able to share in the joys of drinking great beer? For Beaver Town to turn its back on the craft beer community, which has done nothing but consistently criticise it, moan about the prices of its beer and events, and speculate about its future via Twitter, is utterly shameful. I hope Logan Plant lies awake at night, shedding tears into £50 notes while supping delicious cans of Gamma Ray. How dare he start a business, build a fantastic brand and sell a stake in it for an outrageous sum of money. Shakes head. <laughs>